I'm Corinne Schaefer, and welcome to Create Outside the Box. In this episode, we will be sharing a special behind-the-scenes look at the making of Brooke DeRosa's Alice in Wonderland. I will be sitting down with Norbert Kohler to discuss the Mad Hatter, the Berlin Comedian Harmonists, and what lies ahead. If you are interested in watching our interview, head over to the Creative Operations YouTube page under our playlist, Through the Looking Glass, Behind the Scenes of Brooke DeRosa's Alice in Wonderland. Norbert Kohler has graced stages across Germany and Austria and had just embarked on a world tour with André Rieux when performances around the world were canceled due to COVID-19. A versatile performer with roles in such hits as Avenue Q, Tanz der Vampire, City of Angels, Ich war noch niemals in New York, and The Phantom of the Opera, we were thrilled to add another role to his resume, The Mad Hatter. I sat down for an international tea with Norbert, who is based in Berlin. Hi, Norbert. It's so great to see you. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to me today. Hi, Corinne. It's so good to see you. And it's really months ago, so I'm really excited now. <laughs> for those who don't know, how did, how did we meet again? <laughs> I think I remember quite well that we met at one of my favorite shows I had to do, or I, mean, I, I, I was allowed to do, <laughs> it was Phantom of the Opera in Hamburg, and it was such a special time. I really like to think about that right now. <laughs> um, and we met, or we I think we get very close because um, both of us played uh, we're understudying for principal parts and both of us had to jump in before opening night already during the previews, remember? I do. It was it was stressful, but it was a lot of fun. And yeah, it was like we were in it together. Yes. and uh, But I, I really like thinking about these rehearsals. I mean, it was stressful, but also it was so yeah exciting and, and it was so fun to play that show, that big show, Phantom, don't you think? It was so much fun. And um, I think for us, we had a lot of fun because you were Monsieur Reyes and in Il Muto, where you get to have a lot of fun. But then you were also playing uh, Monsieur André. And there was a difference in the characters that you could really play with. And um, I was Madame Femme and then Carlotta. And then we found ways to play with each other in our roles. So I remember in Sitzprobe, we made a little moment between Monsieur Rayet and Madame Femin when she came in to, to rehearsal. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and I will also never forget, I don't know if I told you that before, um, when we rehearsed, I mean, when we met, then you were that that little, pretty, uh, friendly, warm-hearted girl with the great cupcakes. <laughs> and then I realized what huge voice is in that little girl. So I never uh, will forget our first rehearsal, actually, when I heard you singing Carlotta. That was uh, really special for me. Oh, thank you. So you've played so many different roles in so many really large musical theater shows. Do you have a favorite? Um, 
Well, no. Whenever I um, uh, get this question asked, I have to say um, I would. It would feel if I would say one part is my favorite part. Or, um, it wouldn't feel right. You know what I mean? It, I, because there, there were so many different parts. And that's also why I uh, became an actor, because I wanted, I always wanted to play as different parts as possible. And I'm so grateful that I did a few really different uh, parts. And also, in uh, yeah, I did also shows in which I were, was understudy for very different characters. Which I liked the most, but I can't say this one is my favorite part or something like this. Yeah. And other shows I did, uh, I liked so much because I, I loved the music so much. I love I loved to sing it, and so also that's different from show to show. This show I liked because I liked to play that part. This show I liked because I there was a lot of nice dancing and choreographies, and another show because I had. Uh, to 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 sing or to play a nice character phantom i think for me also is special it is a nice show it's really a, a it's it's kind of a perfect show i think uh, it, it it don't it doesn't need a change because it's so perfect but what also was so so nice in phantom that it's one of the a few shows I'm still friends with many people of the cast, like you, for example, like Daniela, like Mona, like Guido. Uh, so that's also so special because um, I'm still friends with people of this show. Yeah, you hit on a point is that that show, and I have to give the creative directors um, a lot of credit for this. Um, they just chose a very diverse group of talented people from different genres, musical theater, ballet, opera, and everybody just was really kind and supportive. And it was a family. I mean, we called yeah, it a family, you know, but, yeah. but it is. And what's great is all these years later, we're still friends, but we don't get together and go, oh, remember that Phantom show? We've mm-hmm. we've grown with each other. There's so many common memories and, and experiences that we share. Yeah, it's true. We don't talk a lot about Phantoms. I mean, Phantom is just our, our past, but yeah, there's so much new things already, what we share, what we can share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with new things, is is there a role that, you haven't played yet, but you'd like to play? <laughs> yeah, Corinne, you still owe me one part. <laughs> you know what? No, I, I still, <laughs> you know, I still um, dream, uh, dream of, because I like the music so much, uh, is playing the show The Secret Garden. Maybe it's because I like to do my gardening here. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it has to do with that fact uh, that I'm a gardener by myself. No, but um, the music, I think, and one, uh, I think one song is better than the other in The Secret Garden. And that's why um, on my uh, list is still um, Archie from The Secret Garden. It's, it's a beautiful uh, story. It's beautiful music. Um, I just, I love that show and it's not done enough. Um, mm-hmm. I really feel that for some reason it's underrated and I think audiences would love it because again, it's a beautiful story. And like you said, each song is, is better than the next. And yeah. you give yeah. the audience a chance, 
you got great music, great story. Who's not going to enjoy that? Yeah, that's true. Um, it's written by two ladies, and I think uh, you can. Uh, do you know the names of them? I know Lucy Simon. Um, and Mark Yes. And I think uh, um, uh, you can tell that it's uh, written by uh, women, I have the feeling. It's very sensitive and emotional. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like it so much. And maybe that's why I like the music of Brooke de Rosa also, just <laughs> because uh, I think women write different than men, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure, but that's, yeah, it sounds female to me, the, the sound of Brooke and also the sound of Secret Garnack. I can't explain. No, but I think you hit something. I think that um, men and women have uh, different perspectives and different strengths, sometimes shared strengths. Um, and I think that uh, women um, with their sensitivity and sometimes their EQ, their emotional intelligence tends to be, I'm generalizing here, but tends to be sometimes a little bit higher. And I think that it's the best combination when men and women can come together to write and storytell and bring our strengths together and, and, and collaborate. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there is a difference when, um, you know, women are in leadership roles, whether that's a composer or a musical director or director, you do feel kind of a shift in energy and it's mm -hmm. not good or bad. It's just a different feel. Exactly. It's just different. Um, yeah. And still what I, what it's on my, on my list, what I would love to play still is also very classic uh, musical, My Fair Lady Higgins, I would love to do. Yeah, because it's such a fun part. And um, I know it's old fashioned and everything, but I like the music and I like the, <laughs> I still like the story. And I would like to play that part. I never played parts like this. Maybe it wasn't, that's the reason. Yeah, no, but I think those, those shows are classics for a reason. And you can't really look at them through a 2021 lens, they're kind of, you know, because it's a period piece and it was a period piece when it came out. So, yes. but that's mm -hmm. a great show. Great show. It is. Mm -hmm. And there is a little bit of women's lib in that too, because after a while, Eliza's like, wait a second here, I can make yeah. it on my own. So it's yeah. not, <laughs> not yes. too much in the past. <laughs> it's classic. Yeah. So, um, and right now you're with the uh, Comedian Harmonists, which is a very big group in Berlin. Um, maybe not everyone in the United States is as familiar with the Comedian Harmonists. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about the group? It came perfect together that I could start with the uh, Comedian Harmonists in Berlin, which is where I live. And um, I don't have to travel. I can be in my house finally and... The good thing also is I don't play eight times a week. It's maybe 50 shows a year or something like this. And um, also the music, it's, this is now one thing I, I, I like to, to uh, sing very, uh, very much because it's close harmony and it's all about the, the sound of, of our group of uh, five singers, male singers and the pianist. And uh, it's uh, music from the 20s and they were so famous back then in the 1920s, so it's, it's 100 years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
um, it was uh, yeah, and they had to had to stop because of uh, the Second World War because uh, half of the group was Jewish. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. The music is fun, and it's uh, it's a great story too. It's a true story. There's a theater piece which is called Veronica de Lancaster, and that's about uh, this group actually. And it's a true story, very touching. And yeah, I also think that should be played more often, and maybe also not only in Germany. Yeah, I, I think that show should should go to Broadway or something. No, I agree because we see these themes come back. They might mm -hmm. come back um, in an updated way. Maybe the characters have changed, um, but the idea of racism and injustice and bigotry, unfortunately, are themes that still exist. And exactly. I think that's why history and the telling of these stories is so important um, because it's through stories that people understand other people's perspective. You can sit mm -hmm. there and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And um, that's why the arts in general are so important. Yeah. So when did you first hear the story of Alice in Wonderland? Was that something you read as a kid? Did you see the, the movies? Oh, shame on me, but Alice is not very popular. Or it wasn't very popular at my time when I was a child. So I never read the books or uh, did see any movies or something. Uh, Alice wasn't anything. I was interested, I have to say, before I heard about it from you. Yeah, I get the feeling in Germany it was really only when the Tim Burton movies came out that people mm -hmm. became more familiar with, with Alice in Wonderland. It's really much more of an English, obviously, with Lewis Carroll, an English and American um, yes. story. So do you think, in some ways, you had a fresh perspective because you were coming at it as an adult and as an actor and with this kind of, you didn't have any preconceived notions of the, of the story. So how did you view the Mad Hatter? Um, what I uh, see about the Mad Hatter or why I love to play it so much it's also because um, I mean it's a dream for each actor actually you uh, you never know what comes next so this part is actually many parts in one character and uh, it's so creative and he can be crazy and he, he can also be serious I think and um this is really, um, I think he stands in a way for creativity. And that's what I like so much. You can't do anything wrong with this character. You know what I mean? Because if you feel it, if you feel it in that moment, then it's right for this character. You don't, you, you are not so um, uh, restricted in this uh, character, I think. No, I completely agree. Um it was funny because when we when we talked to Brooke about it, um, she has composed the Mad Hatter in a way that it could actually be any musical genre. So not only from an acting perspective, but you could sing it, you know, musical theater style. You could also sing it like he's a rock star. I mean, it's just very 
um, very versatile. And I agree with you. I think what's fun about that role is you could play it differently every night and it would yes. make sense. Exactly. That's, that's yeah, exactly what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, for me, um, I was bugging you about the Mad Hatter and bugging you about this music for so long because to me, um, the Mad Hatter is the ultimate party host. Um, he might be, um, again, unpredictable and a little crazy, um, but there's a reason why you want to sit at the table and stay at the party. And I think that underneath all of that, there's this charisma and charm, and I'm going to make you blush, but I always say how charming you are. It is a natural quality that you have. It comes through in every role that you play. And um, I just knew that this combination with your charisma and charm would just be a winning combination for, for Mad Hatter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Actually, what I read, I didn't know that before, but um, I, I read it I mean, also weeks ago when I did a little bit of research. Um, did you know, or is it a, a, a saying in, for, exa- for example, in, in, in the States that you say um, mad as a hatter? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. And do you know where that comes from? Um, I think you're going to tell it a little bit better than I would, but I think it's because of the chemicals that they yes. used when making the hats. Yeah. Yes. That's what I read. Yeah, that's what I read. And I thought maybe it's new for you, but you know already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to do some research. <laughs> so, I mean, he can be crazy. He can be really also really mad. So I think that's also very what makes him... So there are no limits for this part. I like it so much. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You can, you can make him uh, really mad where it's kind of this mixture of being excited and scared at what he's going to do next. But then, as you said before, you can... Maybe his madness is just creativity. Maybe his madness is he's ahead of his time. You know, mm-hmm. because there's that quote... Um, that the Mad Hatter or or someone says in the book, I don't want to misquote, um, you know, you're bonkers, but let me tell you the best, the best people are. So meaning mm-hmm. that the best people are a little crazy because that's what makes mm-hmm. them unique. So yes. um, yeah, it's just, it's just a really, really fun character to, to delve into. And um, I think that what Brooke's done with the music is, is fun as well. She's got this, fun aspect but there's also as I interpreted it with a little bit of Bob Fosse it's kind of this you know sensual edgy kind of come into my world that she's she's built into the music what what mm-hmm. did you like about the piece or what do you like about Brooke DeRose's music yeah as a little bit like I said with um, Secret Garden I also think it's very um, sensual and 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 very fine and and yeah soulful also even oh you see more than just a melody you or you hear more than just melody you hear more and you hear it's a little bit also I mean what I like about Sondheim Stephen Sondheim you can hear different levels in one uh, song yeah at, at, at one time yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has, you know, motifs as well that, that come through the music. 
And what I like about her music, and I don't know if you were thinking this as well when you were learning the piece and when we were, were recording it and playing it, I find... Was, <laughs> I like to remember that day. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. That was like yeah. one of my favorite memories is us in the, in the recording studio. Um, really was such a highlight of the year. Um, yeah, but, uh, the thing that, that Brooks music has that I always come back to is it's so visual. Like when I listen to her music, I immediately see pictures or ideas and you do not get that with every composer. Exactly. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. And we had the same pictures, I think. Also, like when I see the, uh, I mean, uh, what we thought about the costumes and, and the makeup and stuff is exactly what you um, painted, what I also saw in my head in a way. And that, um, in spite of not knowing um, Alice in Wonderland so well. Yeah, because you weren't knowing what to to expect. And I have to say... I stayed away from a lot of Alice in Wonderland stuff going into the concept photos and going into the videos because I'm already influenced because I've already seen the movies and I've already seen so many different images. Um, and then you're just thinking, well, how can we make this different? And to try not to, you know, copy what great people have already done. Mm -hmm. And and Brooke just made it really easy for all of us because she created something new that mm -hmm. then, you know, gave you a lot of, of new ideas. And so that was really, really fun uh, to, to play with. Um, yeah. And then, of course, with the sound of the, of the music and obviously with my immediately thinking of, of Bob Fosse, um, I knew there had to be some sort of, you know, dance and movement. And we got our choreographer and assistant director, Sarah Azell, involved. And, and so seriously, um, the two of you working together was just so great. Um, but, but how did you like working with Sarah? She's such a sweetheart. <laughs> really, I, would, I, I wish every choreographer would be like her. Because you, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm, uh, uh, let's say, um, my, my uh, sh strength is not to, to the dancing. <laughs> um, it's just um, always when I did musicals, that was also the part I had to work most for the choreographies. It, was, it, do it, it doesn't come uh, naturally to, to me. And, um, but she never gave me the feeling and, and that she is a great dancer. I mean, she danced in Hamburg Ballet, <laughs> Neumeyer. So, so she's really the highest level you can dance. Uh, but never, you never had the feeling you have to, to, to feel weak besides her. And she's so um, um, spontaneous and funny and creative. And she also, and supporting, she, she, she looks what you give and then she builds up on that. I really, I admire her and I love her. I miss her too. <laughs> yeah, I miss her as well. Um, she is really a dream to work with. He, we sat down to talk and, and I said, are you always so intuitive? Because it's almost like she reads your mind and she knows exactly what you're talking about and exactly what you need. And... Um, I know that uh, for the videos, we were 
working with a limited budget and a limited time schedule. And we really threw you into a very stressful situation. It was fun, but it was also stressful. Um, we had- you, I, when I went home in that train, I was just dead. I couldn't even, even think anymore. I was so dead after that day, but it was so good too. I was also satisfied. And now I, I like what we did. When I see the our little video, it was my first music video, by the way. It was <laughs> my first I, music video too. <laughs> so bad <laughs> no no we did we did a great job um but but mostly uh due to your hard work and and professionalism because again it was one day to rehearse one day to shoot it was our first video um part of that was because we were trying to shoot it outside we had you know a limited time where we could do the shooting outside and you're a man in demand so you had some shows coming up and it was just so crunched and you just were amazing and i mean the amount of times we had you running and jumping through that park <laughs> i almost collapsed <laughs> And, and never, like never once complained and just were like ready to go. Um, no, we're, we're so, we're so grateful. And also, you know, it's nerve wracking going into a situation like that where it's new to all of us and we're all mm. nervous. And, mm. um, that's also, I, I think a big talent that Sarah has is she comes into, a situation like that and she's so calm and it's kind of feeling like everything's going to be okay and mm -hmm. immediately setting you at ease in the rehearsal and also throughout the shooting of just okay if that's not going to work we're going to do this or let's try this um and it's i think a, a big big talent that she has that i think set everybody at ease um during that process no it's true it's a big talent i hope she knows that <laughs> well she will after this video <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, speaking of the craziness that was that day, um, do you have any favorite memories of the day? I mean, I got a very nice dinner after the rehearsal day in your house. That's one of my favorite memories. <laughs> and also that you made so many nice cupcakes and stuff for the video, which we could eat after that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, and it was, I also remember the day also when we rehearsed, there was much, a, a lot of laughing, you know, we had so much fun. Uh, and that's why I think uh, uh, of that, I like to sit, uh, think of that, of the video. And also um, Tai Chi, who, who did the video, he was also so, uh, I had the feeling he's so serious with doing this. So, um, so professional, he, he also loved to do it. And it was so good that everybody who was involved really wanted to do it. There was, and that made it so much easy, easier than sometimes productions where you get paid for, but yeah, you do it because you get paid for. And that really, um, everybody wanted to do it. Yeah. We were so incredibly lucky. First off that um, talented people like yourself were willing to give your time and your talent um, to to create these videos and to bring them to life. Um, but I think we were also really grateful because as you said, like everybody who was there wanted to be there a hundred percent. 
and was Mm -hmm. taking it seriously, really bringing their A game and really enjoyed the process and and enjoyed each other. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like, we don't always get there, but I think that's what we're always striving to when we collaborate and create things as artists is to get to this point where we're striving for our best, but also enjoying everyone and and respecting everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was the case there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun and we learned so much because it was quite an ambitious video for the first video too. So it was just a really, it's still a lot of people always come back to that video as being their favorite video because it's so fun because your performance is so strong and charismatic. And I think that gave us the energy and the confidence to move forward with the other videos because seeing your performance and seeing it come to life. um, And of course, as you said, Taija's amazing um, uh, concentration and skill with framing and coming up with the shots and, his professionalism, it just really just started the ball rolling for, for the rest of the, the videos and set the bar quite high. Mm. I mean, still, I think also, and um, then it could be better. Like you, I mean, we are, we are all, uh, we always want the best and we're never satisfied with the, uh, with the result of often, but, but what I see in this video also is, um, what fun we had and, and yeah. And, and, and how, how lucky we were that everything came together so good. Also the costumes, which fit so good. I mean, you just, where did you get the costumes? And you never, I'd never uh, had a fitting or something. And I just tried it on and it fit. Oh my gosh. We were so lucky with that. Um, well, of course you gave me your measurements and, um, and I just, you know, we've, we've taken a lot of yoga classes together. I could kind of estimate <laughs> a little bit. Um, and, you had, and you had to do this hat uh, one night, I think before the video started, you did the whole night of, of knitting, uh, of, of uh, sewing and, and gluing and stuff, right? Yeah, and that, that was actually the scariest part. Like with the costumes, <laughs> the costumes were a combination of being um, lent to us from our wonderful theater, Teatro Noya Flor, where we did Phantom. They they lent us some costumes that we used. And then a lot of the pieces were uh, rented uh, from Yakavi Hose. Um, and I had a lot of fun picking out things for you. So at least we had some options. Thankfully, most of it fit perfectly. So we had those options. The hat I was worried about <laughs> because... What <laughs> It's the most important thing and um, didn't have that many options of sizes for the hat. But thankfully, thankfully it worked out, especially after all of those gems. And what I just what I just remember, too, I was allergic to that makeup. And so finally, when we had, when we started the, the filming of the video, I, I didn't have any eye makeup on because my eye was uh, tearing. Uh, do you say it was tearing? Yeah. 
<laughs> so I didn't have any makeup on. So we had to do something again each, each I think uh, each 20 minutes we had to do it again. Oh. Yeah. And then at some point I was sitting there going, he's the mad hatter. He's going to be unhinged. He's not going to have a perfect makeup. He's going to be coming apart. Let's just go with it. And then. And that was the best okay. decision. Yeah, because he's, you know, he's the Mad Hatter. He's a little, he's a little off. He's going to have a little bit of a smudged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's embracing, um, I think sometimes even, even the last scene that we did in Hatter, it was so funny because again, this was our first shoot. We were all new to this medium. We were not only losing um, sunlight, we were getting close to your train time and it was getting a bit stressful and crunched. And it was so funny because a lot of what you came up with at the end was just so creative and so great and so strong. I mean, it was unfortunately under this time cooker, but it's always amazing what comes out of things that are a challenge. So, you know, the makeup's smudging. That's okay. He's unhinged. He's crazy. It's like, okay, we're running out of time. But then that somehow like gave you this crazy burst of energy where you were coming up with these great ideas with the sunflowers and everything. (laughs) Not always the most fun, but it's it's interesting what comes out of those experiences. Moving forward, you know, hopefully in a in a post post corona time, are there mm-hmm. any projects that you're looking forward to or that you'd like to do? Um, yeah, I, I was just interrupted by Corona when we had a very exciting part of the comedian harmonists. Thing because we were on tour with André Rieu. We were in uh, Florida at that time and we wanted to start the US. It, it, it was supposed to be like 15 shows or something and we had to return after, one, uh, after we did one show in Tampa and then we had to uh, go back. And actually the whole year 2020, I should have been... Uh, around the world with André Rieu. Yeah, I'm and sure. Yeah. what the future is, and it is still the plan. He promised to take us again as soon as he can start the next tour. So I'm looking forward to do this uh, tour, and maybe we see them too. Yeah. And come to the state. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love, mm-hmm. I would love to see you guys in the United States, I've seen um, the play and I've seen concerts in Berlin. I would love to see American audiences' reaction with the with the show. I just, I think it's beautiful music. I think that they would enjoy it. Do you still do it in German or do you do some stuff in, Amer- in, in English? Um, we have also, when we, when we played in uh, Tampa, we did two or three songs in English and uh, and even the German songs I have to say the Americans loved I was surprised how they celebrated uh, us <laughs> how, how they were I mean they were really cheering and uh, it was really nice to play there so I, I was very disappointed when we had to go back well hopefully if not in 2021 but in 2022 hopefully 
things will get back and, and moving and we can enjoy traveling and enjoy all of those things soon again. Yeah, that's the plan. So thank you so much for taking the time out and reliving these wonderful memories. It's been really great to catch up. Mm, it was really nice to go back to past together with you. Now's not time for such matter. Don't distract from the matter at hand. It's grand to find one's way out. I haven't a doubt. Watch that cup. Mind the splatter. Minds go mad. Thoughts are scatter. I advise to resize. So says I, the mad hatter. You've been listening to Norbert Kohler as the Mad Hatter in Brooke DeRosa's Alice in Wonderland. To watch the full video of Norbert's performance, please visit our Creative Operations YouTube channel. And to see him perform live with the Berlin Comedian Harmonists, you can purchase tickets for André Rieu's 2022 USA Tour. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Create Outside the Box. Please follow us on Spotify or Buzzsprout and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch our interviews. For more information about Creative Operations and Brooke DeRosa's Alice in Wonderland, please visit www.creative-operations.org.